0: Hello everyone, welcome to another another podcast with Health Tech with Purpose and today we have a special guest coming from all the way from Switzerland. We have David Eventon Chalice, is the Executive Board Member and Chief Scientific Officer, Head of R&D Consumer Health Bayer. Hello David, how are you?
1: Hi there, thank you for having me, all good here, thank you.
0: Great glad to be connected with you David because I know some of the work that you've been doing is has a very high impact in the world that we live in which we are going to talk more about during this uh, podcast but before we get to uh the work today would like to know a bit of more of on your background and uh, you know things that you've done uh that led to the role that you are in today would you like to describe some of your work history and your background
1: sure where to begin um so i i studied biology um in the uk a long time ago now and uh decided that i didn't want to go into research so i moved into industry and uh i joined uh company kimberly clark and um that was the start of my kind of 20 odd years uh within health and hygiene uh i've always had a bit of a a a non-linear route uh through through my career and started off in regulatory i was an auditor for a little while moved into public affairs and uh and sustainability and that was a fantastic experience because for me working in this kind of industry to be able you often only see kind of one piece of it and for me to be able to see Everything from the, you know, the 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 policy side of things through to manufacturing the products and what's going on in the factories and things like that was um, <clears throat> that was a super experience for me. I spent a couple of years in agency side uh, doing similar kinds of things, but from from the other side, uh, working with different companies on things like sustainability, health, and innovation. And then I moved to Reckitt Benckiser and spent about eight years there started off uh, responsible for sustainability and then picked up innovation along the way so it was kind of a nice mixture between kind of setting that that company strategy on sustainability and how to be um, a company that's responsible and then grows in a responsible way um, and, and integrates sustainability into innovation and then actually bringing that to the products themselves um, and you know some of my passions are around kind of building brands into new areas and then creating new brands with it as well so um, another another fantastic experience and then about four years ago i moved to sunny basel in switzerland and and joined by and that's my current role uh, looking after r d within buyer consumer health Sorry.
0: So great. Uh, thanks so much for a comprehensive introduction, uh, David, to set things up. So uh, let's go more deeper into the work that you do at Bayer. So, what does your day-to-day work like? What are the things that excite you the most? What are the things you are currently working?
1: so it's an exciting time to work in consumer health i think Um, there's such a big opportunity Um, so i work on across all of our different brands and our different geographies Um, innovation has a role to play in all of them so it's a it's a pretty diverse role and you know when you think about it self-care has never been more important with the burden on health systems um there was actually just a, a report came out this week from the european self-care association which i haven't finished reading yet but um one of the key findings there was that by expanding self-care that can save more than 54 billion euros uh to the european healthcare care system per year and there's similar kinds of stats that you see so i'm really passionate about self-care um and how we can uh, essentially, allow people to take better control of their health, and and that cuts across all of the different self care areas we work in, from you know allergy, cough, cold, pain, heart health, uh, supplements, dermatology, digestive health. So working across all of those different areas what can we do to um, not just grow our brands and grow our business, but actually provide better products and services to people um, and move into new areas because it's, uh, it's an exciting area to work in, it's not always easy to work in, there's quite a fragmented regulatory environment around the world, so it's, uh, um, it's always a challenge to do these kinds of things at scale, but there's such a need in all of these different areas, um, and we're working across each of those kind of benefit areas or categories, however you want to call it, uh, to bring new innovations to the market. Great. So I'd like to dig deeper on this
0: uh, aspect, in fact, of your work, which um, you know is very exciting, the precision medicine, what I would call it, like, you know, a very customized solution yeah. for every person, rather than everybody taking the same medicine. Um, so can we go deeper a bit, maybe a one level deeper, like, you know, like what it is, how it works? Uh, what are the, you know, what is the roadmap? What are the challenges? So?
1: <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, I mean, ultimately, this is all another part of how you give people better control over their health. And um, Precision Health for me is about the role of digital in enabling that better data means better healthcare. care. Um, and we know that digital has changed how we all of us live day to day. It's changed everything within our lives, but I don't think it's been a bit slower within healthcare, especially within self care. Um, You know, some of us have a bunch of wearables, whether they're incorporated into other things, Um, there's online assessments and tests and stuff like that, but, you know, I think it's just too complicated. Uh, Sometimes it's too expensive and For me one of the big problems that you face is it's not really actionable so what we're trying to do is to take a different approach which is less kind of product centric and much more human centric just thinking about the way that people actually want to manage their health because it starts with i have a problem um there there's something there's there's a prompt to action um and then you start to find out information about it you might engage with some experts you might do your online research with Dr. Google um, and then you decide what you actually want to do about it and then you take some action so for us this is about kind of piecing together kind of that whole journey and saying what's the right role not just a, a product a bottle of pills that kind of might arrive at the at the end of that process um, so that's the kind of the general kind of um, the, the setup here and as part of that what we're doing is rethinking that whole development process so it is truly that kind of end-to-end experience rather than just kind of one piece of it um, which requires a lot of partnerships to do that because we're obviously kind of not experts in all of that Um, and it involves bringing in lots of different new technologies as well into this area some of which aren't new to the world but they're new to healthcare or they might be new to self-care as well things like digital therapeutics that they all have a role within this um, you know, I, I think this is, it's its very cool because it's now moving from that one piece of the puzzle to taking a step back and saying, actually, there's bigger there's bigger problems here and we've got a role to play and maybe we have a role beyond what we thought it was in the past. And with that, you can apply that to almost any area of health. Um, and we're working on a number of different areas uh, within that. Um, I think when it comes to digital health it's um, there's so many different ways you could approach it but for me we need to start to focus on the areas where there is that big unmet need so whether that is the products don't really work so good so you need something else and a physical product on its own isn't going to be enough or maybe there isn't great education and people aren't really sure what they should be doing at what point to give them the best care um and you know these things go on but the unmet need part of this is incredibly important because otherwise you're providing a solution to a problem that doesn't really exist and i think we still have a huge number of of areas take um ibs for example and and gut health this is something that my dad suffered with for years to the point that you know close to his death he he didn't really leave the house because he was so worried about what was going to happen and what was going to trigger him. He didn't really know what was going on with that and just think of what you could do by actually giving people that knowledge, that power, that control over their health and actually to regain a bit of their independence in that situation and, and start to live a bit more confidently. Those are the kinds of areas that I think are absolutely right for disruption because people just don't know what to do. The other side of things which is also really interesting is where things might be taboo so we have a brand called Caniston it works in uh, intimate health and that's a huge taboo topic and so with that kind of brand you can bring in education you can be busting myths you can be uh, trying to break some of the taboos around a topic so there's loads of different angles in but ultimately it's got to start with what's a big unmet need. Yeah, I, th- I think that definitely sounds so exciting and uh, seems like, in
0: fact, uh, um, you know, a perennial solution for, um, you know, the that people have. But one thing that comes to mind um, that I'd like to discuss with you today would be, uh, you know, like, uh, what are the challenges in applying it? Because, uh, uh, you know, one, I think it really shakes up the old structure, because I think we have big institutions that are built on the foundation a habit that is always you are mass producing things basically you are producing things or all the r&d or all the things that are done are possibly based on uh, you know like mass producing of mass production of any kind of uh, uh, you know vaccine or any kind of uh, cure for example so uh, so that's one thing that comes to my mind so I've, mm-hmm. i would like to know is that a problem and uh, what are the other problems or challenges that you Uh, see you know and being able to reach to the future that we are
1: uh, imagining so that's a big question there's a ton of problems you could talk about the healthcare system the regulatory environment and things like that Um, you can talk about uh, the problems that we face in actually getting people to understand that prevention is really important and not just waiting for an issue uh, because that is tough behavior change is tough for all of us I think we all know what we probably should be doing we're probably not all doing that at the same time Um, but I think when when it comes to kind of a business like ours working in this kind of area some of the problems are we don't have the capabilities or the skill sets to actually do this Right. So what do you do Um, if you're working, are we going to spend 10 years developing our our, our own new digital therapeutics and things like that? No. So the answer to that is is partnerships and and piecing together the different experts uh, uh, that are in this I don't like the word ecosystem, but I'll use it as uh, in this instance, that part of that ecosystem and, and, and stitching those together, that comes with its own problems because partnerships are tough, right? Particularly partnerships between large companies and startups and things like that. So actually, you might have a vision for what the future might look like, but actually identifying the different partners or the different kind of technologies, the different skill sets is one thing being able to bring those together and actually create something that is, that makes sense where there's a good cultural fit between the organizations, but there's also, you know, essentially a deal to be made as well as part of this, um, where you can actually make money from it. Um, That is tough because a lot of the times when it comes to digital health, not everything is paid for, lots of things are free. And so you need to work that kind of thing in. And for a company that is used to selling, you know, bottles of medicine um, you know that's that is a big challenge so it's a business model challenge a partnership challenge a consumer challenge a regulatory challenge as well there are there are lots of there are lots of firsts in this kind of area Um, but you could sit there and think this is impossible or you could start to take some steps find some like-minded companies and that that's what we're trying to do yeah in fact one of the things that I noticed is that you have been
0: working diligently on partnerships and bringing partners into the ecosystem uh tell us more, more about some of the exciting partnerships that uh, you know you have been part of uh, and uh, now you know how those journeys have been and especially if uh, there is someone who want to let's say be part of the ecosystem I'd like you to also elaborate on how they can participate if there's a recipe.
1: Sure, Um, so we partner across the board. Um, I think we know that experimentation is better than perfection in this area, and I think in most areas, to be honest. Um, So lots of different types of partnerships. Um, We're working with, with a company called Humor. Um, amazing company doing some awesome things and we're working with them on um, on cardiovascular health and actually providing better information to people starting off in the US and, and, and soon to be broader, hopefully, um, to people to understand what is your heart health risk. You don't need to go to, um, to a doctor's office and have a bunch of tests to get a decent amount of information about your risk level uh, when it comes to, to your heart health, that, that, men, that might then prompt some action. So actually working with that company, they have a great tool. Uh, we have uh, a brand with Bioaspirin, we, are, we are, um, have been working in cardiovascular health for, for a long, long time as a company. You put those two things together um, and the power of that brand and the awareness with the great technology means that you can actually start to do some experiments with how do these how, how is this going to work? What kind of action does this actually prompt? Um, and we know that from the, the work that we've done there, and that one was in the US with Humor, uh, the people that manage to go through uh, this process have a better understanding of their uh, cardiovascular risk um, and are actually kind of committing to take action which often often cases involves a, a visit to your healthcare practitioner. Um, and the other thing that I find that's interesting about and the role of partnerships is brands know consumers right and they have an awareness around it and so one of the things that we bring is there might be a great technology but it might be a little bit clunky and actually if you can bring that brand that understanding of the consumer how people like to receive information what triggers them to action those two things can come together quite nicely um, and actually get better action and better results than something that wasn't necessarily designed with that User experience in mind, um, so you know that 's one of them that's a that 's a fantastic experiment uh, that 's been running for a little while now um, we 'll also do it with whether that is um, self care chat bots uh, telehealth partnerships um, you know we 've been partnering with a couple of organizations on digital therapeutics as well, which is you know a different end to the digital health spectrum um as well as things like online assessments Uh, we have a partnership with ada health on on that one as well so it's for me, it's about lots of different types of partnerships. So you can actually start doing some things like with Ada, for example, You know, fairly shortly after we made an investment in the company and, and said we were gonna to work together, uh, we then put out a bunch of uh, pilots with our brands in, I think it was three different markets, four different brands, embedding that digital kind of tool within our brand ecosystem to see actually, how does that work? What should happen? So it's that kind of a series of these kind of experiments <clears throat> um, and yeah, lots more to come on, on that one. I think when it comes to partnering with uh, a company like Baya, um the most important thing for me is that there's a good fit uh, between uh, different organizations. You've got to be able to work together. You need to be able to make a human connection and we always start about technologies and things like that but actually um there needs to be uh, a way that you can kind of start to talk to each other and, and figure out like what are you all about what are you looking for and, and vice versa rather than like a, a pitching or, or vendor type arrangement i think is one thing and advice for people that are thinking to work with with buyer or companies similar to to ours would be just be really really clear on what you're offering but also what you want and who you are. I think those are the things that we sometimes miss with partnerships um you know do your research on the organization where are where are they strong where where are they weak you know where do they have great brands there's no point kind of pitching um for uh to work with buyer or to to approach us if it's for a tiny brand that is just in one market that doesn't have any scale potential for example you know have a look at where they're strong where they're growing um and actually start to find those kinds of connections and then it really it's just a conversation uh, that starts things off. Um I think in my years of working in partnerships there's been there's a lot of wasted time with back and forth and things get very formal too quickly and then oftentimes they then just fizzle out so I think it's going in fairly as direct as you can be with who you are you know what you're looking for what your idea might be Um, obviously not giving away all of your all of your kind of company secrets and stuff like that but being as open as possible I think is the best place to start Um, and so Definitely with our partnerships program, we've taken a much more of a human centric approach to that rather than a uh, like an automated system kind of thing. Because I've been part of those in the past and they are pretty clunky, uh, a bit impersonal, and they can take forever. I mean, we're a large company. Sometimes we can be a bit slow as much as we would love to move fast. But I think when you've got that human connection, it can move a lot, a, a lot faster and be a lot smoother with it. Makes
0: sense. Makes sense. Great. And I think uh, I think you said it died to one human connection. And second, the objective of the partnership, I believe, has to be very clear, because if that's clear, everybody, you know, of course, easier said than done. But uh, that's that's always about, you know, that, you know, parties should know why they're getting into it and what they're expecting out of it. Uh, Otherwise, it becomes, um, you know, like uh, confusing. (laughs) Yeah. So um, another thing that, you know, stood out, um, uh, you know, David, from your uh, background and the work that you have done was the sustainability focus. And I was very excited because I personally have always been invested into sustainability um, as much as possible in my work too. to share. more about the sustainability focus that you have, especially again uh, around developing the consumer-centric products uh, today and your day-to-day work.
1: Well, I think uh, I also am passionate about sustainability, and I've spent a bunch of my career working like only on sustainability. And um, what I like about so <laughs> we we're all trying our best um, and so it's a team sport i think is is the first thing that's the thing i've learned it can't just be done with a <clears throat> you know a remote corporate function it has to be truly kind of embedded into the business yeah. is the best bit yeah. um yeah. and and it's about where you actually get traction is where you kind of bring together you know people with a lot of knowledge uh, and, and expertise often on the sustainability side with people that are Passionate uh, with it, which can come from anywhere, and also people that are accountable for the change. Um, And so, you know, that will involve people within R and D, marketing, your sales teams, and putting those kinds of groups together. And that's that's very much been our approach. You know, in bio, we have um, a focus on the environment, and I'm particularly interested in the packaging element of that. You know, moving uh, our self-care packaging to be environmentally responsible and sustainable. the industry has probably moved a little bit slower than some others. So there's a lot of work to be done there. And that's super interesting because there's a lot of technical issues that you have to face when you are uh, changing packaging to new materials and all of this kind of stuff within a healthcare environment. It's much harder and slower than it is in some other industries uh, and areas that I've worked in. So that's one. The other one is around access. So we've got a goal to kind of give better health care to 100 million people who are in kind of either uh, medically or economically underserved communities. So that gives us a focus um, uh, to innovate differently, provide different products and services to, to, uh, to underserved communities. What does that actually mean in practice? Because that all sounds good and it's very, uh, as kind of corporate commitments. Um, There's a bunch of different things. There's things that we can do within our existing portfolio. We have products, but actually, are they in the wrong count size and things like that? Are they not available in the right channels? So there's a bunch of things you can do to actually make what you already have accessible to more people, that's one. Um, Another side is actually innovating for sustainability. So we do things like, rather than it being kind of a separate project, this is incorporated into everything that my team does within R&D, for example. So at each stage within that product development, our product developers, our packaging engineers, they're all trained on sustainability. Uh, We have a tool that we use each of those phases through product development to assess, you know, is this product being as, is it as sustainable as it could be? Uh, Is it reaching the most people? You know, is it being as inclusive as it can be? Because things like inclusivity, I think fall into that larger space as well, so that we can make sure that over time, our product portfolio becomes more sustainable. So it's like a mixture between what can you do today to actually make things a bit better, how can you move things through your innovation pipeline and become like a more sustainable portfolio as a company, um, as well as those kind of uh, making sure you've got those big corporate goals as well that provide that bit of an anchor. So that's kind of our approach. Um, and it means that you can do stuff for today, but you're also planning for you know the next five, 10 years as well with your innovation pipeline, because some of these things, as much as we would always love to move really, really fast it's it's not always uh possible to do you know we've had a challenge within healthcare about pvc packaging in uh in blisters for example that's been a challenge since i started working in this industry for example so it takes a long time to to crack and uh let's see who's first to crack it
0: great great no i think uh, somebody who has the mission and the motive would be the one who cracks it <laughs> we'll see <Yeah. laughs> great David so my last question uh, for the evening um, because this is a health tech with purpose podcast so I would like to learn more about your purpose of for the things that you do and how are you driving that purpose
1: my purpose so my purpose is around kind of expanding kind of my own and other people's worlds that makes things better which sounds super fluffy and it probably is but for me this is you know m- what i love to do and what i what i think i'm here to do is to make connections between different ideas, different people, kind of expand the world a little bit, so that we can actually make more progress. You know, be that on on healthcare, digital, whatever whatever that might be. You know, people development. I apply it to kind of everything that I do. So it's all about kind of making that, making things a little bit uh, bigger, making better connections between things, and and that's what I apply into you know into my job and and, and also outside of things because I think. Um, it's for me I took a long time to think like what is my purpose? What am I here to do? Is my purpose my job? Well what happens when my job changes? And I think a lot of us go through that kind of uh, that kind of thing. and for me, I, I kind of settled. It was only last year, so it took me take me a good kind of 20 years of working to figure this out, but actually the th- like the thread through all of this stuff is actually what I'm here to do is just make things make things a bit bigger so that you can make better connections and make things better. The thing that you're doing it with could be anything. Um, And then I apply that to, you know, my job today. And that means so rather than just delivering the, the commitments that we have and, you know, the products that we've committed to and stuff like that. My job then becomes, okay, thinking about the impact that we want to make with our stakeholders. So making that world a little bit bigger, not just thinking about our customers and our consumers, but also the healthcare pyramid, the healthcare professionals, our investors, so expanding things out. Um, And then in addition to kind of delivering the today, it's then, okay, well, how do we reimagine? How do we do that? How do we serve all of those needs? And so it can apply at that very kind of high level and then it goes down into the day-to-day as well for me. So whether that is you know, mobilizing the organization, having that great idea, connecting different like-minded people so you can kind of start to catalyze some of that change and then coaching people through it. It means that with that kind of purpose, my style, needs to be coaching so asking questions helping to make some like connections so that it's not me and my brain that's doing something it's the impact that i can have on others so it's not like everyone that works in healthcare's purpose so mine is a bit different but that's kind of guides what i do and and in particular how i do it um, and as you can tell because i could talk for hours about this it brings me a lot of energy when i when i think about things in that way um, so
0: In a nutshell, it's that. (laughs) Well, no, I I definitely like the sound of it. Um, All I can say from my own experience is that the purpose has to be that big vision goal, basically, and then, you know, that allows us to do those small things or small wins every day. Um, So it has to be big enough that you are striving towards it over years and doing a lot of accomplishments while on the way of it so i, I think i i like the purpose that you mentioned <laughs> thank <laughs> you it's been a real pleasure hosting you and uh, thank you so much for uh, uh, sharing your insights and sharing your time thank you all righty
1: thank you